Hello. Welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with your hosts, Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our seventh day of Podmas. Mm. Christmas is getting closer. Very close. So today we are checking out Netflix's 55th film, the 2017 action thriller Wheelman. It's directed by Jeremy Rush. It stars Frank Grillo, Garrett Dillahunt, Caitlin Carmichael, and Wendy Manise. We are flying through the 50s. It's, it's gone quickly. So when we, so this is day seven of Podmas. So we started Podmas in the 40s and we're already up to 55. Yeah, we're As smashing through it. Christmas isn't far away. I know, I know. It's all, it's all going to come very quickly. I don't like to sneak ahead too much. I know I've mentioned it in most podcasts, but I think we're like two away from watching Christmas movies as well. We are. I think we've got three in a row. Three, three in a row. Christmas movies in a row. We've actually timed it perfectly with, obviously, this is when Netflix released their <laughs> Christmas movies in 2017. So. That means we might be hitting some 2018 films too. Well, that's very true. Yeah. That'll, that'll be comfortable. Good things to look forward to. All right, well, we like to start our show with our Fast Flicks, where we do a quick summary of the film. MJ, give us your thoughts. Fast Flicks for Wheelman. Um, Taking place almost in real time, a dirty deed spirals out of control, and the unassuming driver now has to spend the night trying to stay alive and protect his family in the process. Oh, Quite nice. I like that. That was good. Not nice in like actual nice. No, no, no. You made it sound nice. It was a nice family story. It was good. I have said a man drives a car to repay his debts. I want to be fast. I do like it how you keep it broad and leave it open. But I think this film deserves a little more than that. Nah, come on. What's wrong with that? That that explains the first minute of the film. The whole film. That's what he's doing. Right up to the end, he's got to repay his debts. It is the overarching reason why he's doing what he's doing. But I guess without, you know, kind of the plot, it doesn't make a very, sound like a very fun movie. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, but, yeah, family was a huge part of this. Massively. Massively. That's why I put the it in. debt involves family. So, But, uh, yeah, I, I did like your family um, <laughs> mention. It was good. All right. So uh, what have we discovered about this film in, in watching this? All right, so the the basic boring stuff. So boring. I find this interesting. No, sorry, the boring like production wise stuff. So it was May 10, 2016 when Frank Grillo was announced to be the title role in the film. Yep. Um, also announced that it was going to be directed by Jeremy Rush. Uh, he also wrote the script. Um, and so a week later, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix acquired the worldwide rights to the film, um, financed by the solution. But, um, that is nice to know that you can, you know, Netflix was completely on board with this from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, so what principal photography began in September of that same year. So what's that? Six months later ish. No, no, Shot four in months 19 later. days. 19 days. Uh, Massachusetts. Did you hear that? I sure did. Sure did in and around Boston. So, yeah, often I think we, we, we go through some Netflix films where they pick up a film after a festival or they pick it up once it's already been done, but this is one of the occasions where they were on board from the very start um, and a lot of the appeal for Jeremy Rush, the director, uh, and obviously the, uh, the financier was that Netflix basically, as we've heard before, has given them full creative freedom. Yeah, do what you want. Um, yeah. And so Jeremy Rush, we'll get to it later, but he obviously being a first-time director with what's a pretty distinct visual approach with this film, um, this probably doesn't get made without Netflix. 
So yes, that's, that's kind of a, a, a they're not really going to take a punt on this first time director on, on something as niche as this, uh, which is why we love Netflix. Yeah. So Frank Grillo and Wendy Manise, mm. they're actually married in real life. Yeah. And they'd worked on this TV show called Guiding Light, which has been going since like the 1950s. So did you... <laughs> Never heard of that show okay, before. <laughs> neither had I. I saw that and I was like, 1952, I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> they're not that old. No, but it's just... It's just still going. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry, we should look more into that. Yeah. But. Obviously, there's people watching it somewhere. Yeah, what so. the hell? It must be some sort of soap. Or yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I, again, I like this this real because we we work on a podcast that is around Netflix. I like to find out as much about how directors and whatnot feel about working with Netflix because yep. it's going to dictate a lot of the work that they're that they're going to get and a lot of the films that we're going to see. So, in this case, Jeremy Rush basically said Netflix has two ranges of films they look under, one for under $20 million and one for over $20 million. Um, in this case, obviously, under $20 million budget. Yep. Um, so, with the lower budget, you, you tend to, they tend to try stuff that's a little bit more risky, but you've obviously hedged your own bets by not spending a lot of money on it, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. So, in this case, Netflix basically said to him, go and make your movie. Um, but he did mention that you know, when they came back with the second edit, um, Netflix did have quite a few notes to make Ooh. the film better. Yeah. Um, but for most of the part, they did let them run. But it, it is nice to see that... So we're 55 films in. I think early on, we were, we were looking at the films in sort of the first 10 films that Netflix did. The directors were basically Full just control. like, off you go. Yep. Here's a movie. Cool, thanks. We'll put it on Netflix. Um, so they maybe are having a little bit more... I mean, I guess first-time director as well. They wanted to probably dot their I's and cross their T's. Any bit. mention of what... Changes they wanted, or no? I, and I, that's the thing. If they were big changes, it would have probably been a bigger issue. Yeah. They would have mentioned it more. But he basically just said the first cut was fine. The second cut, when it was probably getting close to being finalised, they were just like, okay, let's just change this, this, and this. And um, it'd be interesting to. I, I, it's one of my little things that I'm tracking in this podcast as to what we hear about directors talking about Netflix because it's been overwhelmingly positive up to now. Yeah, I've got this little quote from the director from Rush. He said, um, I didn't want to tread on ground that's already been tread on so many times before. So the device of staying in or attached to the car for the entire point of view of the film came to me as one of those struck by lightning occurrences. Mm. I really like that. Like, it's just like, hey, I had this idea and I've run with it. That's one and, of the things and, I liked about the film is yeah. the, the commitment to that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a more difficult way to tell a story if you're restricting yourself to where you are. One location almost. But it's... It's hard not to appreciate how cool that is. It is. And pretty well done. Very well yeah, done. very well done. It actually annoyed me, the scene where he blew up... So before we go into any more Spoilers. details... <laughs> Spoiler alert. We, we are going to spoil the film in this podcast. So if you haven't seen it and you'd like to see it, uh, watch it before you listen to us. But the scene where he does blow up the car and he changes cars yep. and they have to like walk down the street with him, yep. it kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was thinking... And again, that was one of the things I like most about this film, but I was thinking it had a very buried feel to it with Ryan Reynolds where the entire film's shot from him inside the coffin. And I guess in this situation, it was the same where he had his only connection to the outside world and audience's only connection to other characters was the mobile the phone, phone yeah. which is the same as Buried where he's, he's on the phone, phone to people all the time. So um, it was really cool and it just bothered me a little bit that that 2% of the film, he was out of the car. Because even when he got the new car, 
Um, and he left that car later on. They stayed with the daughter in the car. Car, So they they really committed to that car. They did. Loved it. I liked that too. Uh, Frank Grillo, so the the main guy in this film, he said, I've never seen something come together this fast. Even when I've had movies with established directors, it doesn't happen like this. Before we knew it, we're in Boston, and it was like, how do we do this? It's crazy. Yeah. How good is that? That is good. I'm on board, and bang, let's film this. say 19 days. 19 days. Filmed it in. So... um, Jeremy Rush was talking to Joe Carnahan, his producer, about casting. And he was basically like, so what do you think about Frank Grillo? And he's like, well, I love Frank Grillo, but like, how are we going to get Frank Grillo? And basically they sent him the script with no promises. They weren't, they didn't say this is your job, but um, they wanted to see what he thought. And 24 hours later, they were already talking about making the movie with him. Um, he loved the script. They met at a bar. They hit it off. Um, and he made a point of saying that it wasn't written for Frank specifically, but if you read the script, you could almost make an argument that it's hard to see anyone else playing that role. And yeah. he, he, he was. And this film it. depends on him so much. So it, much. <laughs> well, as I said, we, we don't yeah. leave him in the car, really. And if like. you had a, yeah, you had a, an actor that couldn't hold, hold that role, um, you're seeing a different film. Very true. Any other, anything else? Or should we look at some consensus? Yeah, I'm yeah. probably ready for the critical consensus. So, Rotten Tomatoes. Did you check this out before? What? I don't check Rotten Tomatoes. I know you don't. I no, but, and to... it's not, you know what? It's not because I don't. Well, I, you know how I feel about yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, but I do in like the I like the surprise, surprise of you telling me. So if you ever forget to check it, then it's just nothing. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I only check it after. So no, I know. Yeah. No, but I didn't check it. Well, what What do you think? Have a guess. Ballpark. What do you reckon? Um, I would have thought. So this is critics. So I'll, there's 23 critic reviews. What do you reckon the the percentages? Percentage will be about 70 to 75. 87. 87. <laughs> Which is pretty, it's pretty high. It's very high. The audience was only 67 though. 67. So 67 is still pretty good. It's still a 20% difference. 67 is still, you're talking nearly 7 out of 10. Mm. Like, that's true. big. It is true, yeah. On 733. And then IMDb was 6.4 on nearly 15,000. Yep. And what did you get for Letterbox? 3.2 out of 5, which is 6.4. <laughs> um, 4,800 ratings. Um, so again, still a lot of... Like, I'd never heard of this film before we Maybe watched that, it. Yeah. Um, but it's got a decent following. and Quite really, a lot less on Letterbox this time than IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually a little bit surprising considering this is kind of like an art house thriller. Mm. Um, or art house action thriller. Um, but... Anything over three stars is is a good score for me, especially when you're getting a consensus rating where people who hate it are just going to give it a 0.5 or whatever. Yep, true. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really positive result for, for Jeremy Rush and the film. So this this is... So our last film that we did yesterday was 1922. Mm. God, that already feels like ages ago. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Literally recorded that yesterday and it feels like, feels like ages ago. So oh, it does. This film debuted at the Fantastic Fest the same, um, sorry, the day before 1922. So the same festival, okay. but the day before. And then it debuted on Netflix on exactly the same day. I was going to say, I'll yeah. be correct in saying they released the same day. Yeah, yeah, so they dropped this on the 20th of October 2017, same day as 1922. So in our order, did we do this second for alphabetical reasons? I'm happy with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy with that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting then, no. yeah. The, Picked it up the same sort of time and, and released it. So that's good. 
ready for- similar critical consensus for both those films yeah. as well, actually. Yeah. Ready for some early thoughts? I'm ready for some Go early for thoughts. Go for it. Tell me. What are your thoughts? Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yes. Uh, fast cars and car stunts don't hold too much appeal for me in cinema. I know they do for some, and that's why those movies are going to continue getting made. Um, I love the way, as I said, they use the car as the audience point of view for 95% of the film. It was it was fast paced. It was high intensity, and the short runtime for me made it a pretty high octane. <laughs> oh, punny! Um, minimalist action movie. It was it was minimalist. Like it didn't need much to progress anything. It was a lot of dialogue, and um, you know there was some cool shots with the car, and there was obviously a bit of nous and dedication to how they filmed that. But the camera um, work on the car was awesome. It was, it was yeah, yeah, it was. But I liked it. What did you think? Good. Yeah, I I it had this like. B movie type of feel. It did and, it didn't and, pretend like it wasn't? And, no, it didn't, and I liked that about it. It probably took me about ten minutes in before I realized. Oh, I think this film's going to be in the car the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I reckon it was about ten minutes in. I'm like, okay, I think yeah, this is this is going to be, and that, and that's what it was, and it was a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we both did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, yeah, it was it was enjoyable, very enjoyable. It's um, it's so obvious when you look back at the very opening shot where. You start in the garage with the car and the guy is not in the car and he gets into the car. Straight away, you're like, you're thinking like, this is a weird shot. What a weird way to start a film. But that's setting you up as you are the car. Reminded me of um, Burning Sands, one of my, one of the films we've done on, on this um, show. There was, a, there was a scene that I really liked in that where um, they pulled up, there's a frat house you're about to go to at the end or a frat barn and they left the camera in the car sort of thing. Oh, and right. yeah, and it reminded me of that and I really liked it. Yeah. That's also, did you have subtitles on? I did, yes. The very first scene where you first meet uh, Wheelman. Wheelman, yeah. Is that another name? We, no, he doesn't. Wheelman, yeah, Wheelman. Yeah. Uh, where you first meet him talking to the guy about the car. He's like, why yeah. is there a um, red trunk or yeah. whatever it is? Um, I couldn't... If I didn't have subtitles on... Probably wouldn't have heard I that. wouldn't have known anything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad I had that on. Very true. All right, well, let's get into our spoiler-filled discussion. Let's do it. Let's talk about some characters. Well... We discuss that there's one main one. <laughs> Wheelman. I'm just trying to think, does his wife ever use his name? No. Nah, alright. Wheelman. Wheelman it is. Well, they let I like that they let you know really early on that he's a screw up. And they make it clear that he doesn't want to be in this game. The the sort of crime game. <laughs> yep. So that's not what you call it, but I'm gonna call it. Um the whole time I was wondering what put him in jail in the first place. Because on the one hand, he's got this skill set and list of contacts for me to understand that he came from this world. But on the other hand, he's like really crafty. And it makes me think like, what did you do in the first place? Was it a fire or something? They mentioned it, didn't they? There was like some fire. That's why he was in for some fire that he... Okay. Something happened with that fire. Maybe. It yeah. does ring a bell. Yeah. But that's still... I need more details. They mentioned it a couple of times. And I didn't pay that much attention to it because yeah. I was just focused on other things. But I feel like they didn't give you many details no, as to they didn't what actually that. happened. Because I'm like, this guy, when his chips were down in this movie, he had all the skills to navigate himself around it. And he was smart and he was savvy. Yeah. Um, so I was like, what, what got him in the first place? But he's this wonderful mix of aggression and poise. Um, he constantly made the right decisions when he needed to make the right decisions. Yep. Like even to the point when he decided to answer the phone call from the West End guy at the very right time when he was flat out of options, he was just like, this guy's trying to kill me. Let's see what he's got to say. Um, and for him... Family came first. He didn't have yep. the soft touch, and I can understand him pushing his family away, albeit unintentionally. 
Um, but they came above anything else. And this was really nicely compounded by the end when he dropped his daughter off to her mother and he doesn't come in because he doesn't want to put him in any more danger. Um, he's a really complicated character. Massively. You've got enough time on screen to, to, to learn with a him. A lot and, about him. And, and, yeah, understand it. What, what, what do you think of him? Yeah, I, I re- there was this... He, they constantly put the camera... He had these Band-Aids on his fingers. And that sort of put that emphasis on me. He, he does... He's capable of these bad things. Mm. So, you know, he... You don't put that, you know, show that he's got these things on his knuckles because he's he's been, you know, doing these things prior to this as well. It's not like this is a one-off job yeah. that he's been doing. So since he's been out, he's obviously been, you know, trying to repay like, this yeah. debt that he's been trying to yeah. do. But like you said as well, he wants to get things right, especially for his daughter. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about him making sure that this debt's paid so his family's safe. And he didn't... This debt that he's got to pay off was because he wanted his family to yeah. be safe in the Protection. first place. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely this massive uh, this focus on his family. Yeah, and it was good. I, I, as I said, I love the... Because he had this aggression to him that he needed, but this poise that he had when he needed it was... Um, like, I, I love the interchange between phone calls when he was basically getting threatened with his life on one line and then his daughter would be like, hey, I'm going out tonight. And he's like, you are not going out tonight. And then at one stage he calls her back and she doesn't answer. He's like, Katie, call your father. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this ability to just switch through it was, it was just fantastic because regardless of everything going on, that was still more important to him. Yeah. All right, what other characters? Well, there's really not many. So let's let's obviously go with Katie. Yep. Seemed a lot older than 13 when you actually meet her. That's what I thought. <laughs> She's pretty kick-ass for a 13-year-old. <laughs> pretty good with the, the car. She she had a ton of respect for her dad. I agree. Despite still feeling like a bratty, trapped teenager, she didn't go out that night, even no. though I think he expected her to, we as an audience expected her to. When he told her to get in the car, she did it. He told her boyfriend to go home. Go home he went home. Yeah. Um, the only time she disobeyed him was when she was basically trying to save, save his, his life. life. Yeah. So... Um, it really just shows that despite the fact that this guy looks like his family's kind of crumbling a little bit around him, they still love, care, respect him, like completely trust him still. Yeah, I thought it was good because like even though he wasn't always there for her as a dad, there those friends, she kept she called him back. She's like, I'll talk to you if you've calmed down. Yeah. Like she, she was really good and, you know, was happy to still have that conversation with him even though he's angry. Yep. And I thought that was, yeah. And when she was mad and he was just like, Katie, get in the car and drive. She she clicked really quickly mm. that okay this is serious yep. I got to trust him and I'm gonna do it yeah Clay yeah he's the only other character I really want to talk about and I don't know about you I felt let down by him as a character yeah I was hoping there was going to be more to him like an added layer to the story rather than just this bumbling fool who bit off more than he could chew yeah and when I met him I was really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't. It didn't last long when JJ did. No, JJ did meet him too. I know, Which, but he was so like mysterious before yeah. that, and then you meet him like, oh, this idiot! It's like, just, yeah, just a dropkick. The <laughs> I had down that cheater dude too, because I was like, what a crap friend. He never called him back. I was, you know what? <laughs> I wrote in my notes during watching the film. I wrote, cheater is an awesome name for like a gangster. <laughs> yeah. And then I was reading through my notes. I'm like, hey, what happened to Cheetah? Cheetah yeah. <laughs> Just didn't call him back. Nah, I forgot about that. I was half expecting like some dude with like a tattoo on his face <laughs> yeah, or something to come cool through with the jacket. <laughs> the, I had Jessica, I had his wife down there. I know you, you only really see her at the end and on the phone. I just thought I sort of understood why she was probably aggressive towards him. 
Um, I thought it was understandable. You completely yeah. understand why his family is breaking down. Hmm. I, I, I and you get do it. that through him as a character. Yeah, yeah. You, you get it. Like he, he seems like he would be a very difficult man, despite the fact that he puts his family above everything else. And he's shown that in the past by getting protection for them whilst he was in jail. Yeah. Um, but I still understand why it would be like a tricky situation. Mm. And straight away, she's like, oh, you're driving again. You're doing yep. this again, are you? Yep. Like, that's not what you think. But... Yeah. I had the car down as a character too. Cause I, was, I was thinking yeah. about doing that too, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, you know, the camera was never too far away from the car. So I had to include the car as... I guess it's a location. I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah, I know. There's more to it than it's not just a car. Or they're not just well, the cars. car. The car is almost us as an audience. Mm. That's kind of how I thought of it. it. It felt like the entire movie, we're in the back seat of the car, mm. and it, it actually goes to the point where, um, I like the fact that yes, we're a passenger in it, but also if things are happening outside of the car, we're separated from that, mm. and that goes to. Even at the start, when he goes to the boot to count the money, we're still inside. In we don't actually see him really counting. We can yeah. see him doing it. We can't see any sort of detail to it. Yeah. Um, when he goes to get Clay, Clay yeah. and, and we're just waiting. Um, and then he obviously brings Clay back to the car, almost just like, all right, audience, here's a look behind the curtain. Um, when he does the exchange, you stay in the car with, with Katie, and it finishes obviously with Katie and Jessica in the diner, uh-huh. and you're in the car okay. again, so... Um, I just appreciated that commitment to the technique. And the same with the bank robbery at the start too. Yeah, yeah. and the bank robbery yeah. too. Yeah. Did you, uh, well not, not that we're doing IMDb, but that guy, motherfucker, that was his name. <laughs> yeah. He was the guy from Death Note, the dad from Death Note. Ah. Oh, wow. Good so pickup. You, no, the only reason I know this is because if, if you remember in Death Note, I said that guy reminds me of a guy I used to work with. Yeah. He looks exactly <laughs> the same as him. <laughs> and I caught up with some workmates the other day and I was talking about, because at work, we always knew that this actor, Shay Wiggum, looks like this guy we worked with. And I was like, hey, I was on the podcast the other day talking about how Shay Wiggum <laughs> looks like this guy we worked with. And then lo and behold, he's, he's there on with the a screen mobile. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, anyway. Um, I get, the Jeremy Rush, this is his first feature, as you mentioned before. Yeah. So he's done a few shorts and TV episodes before. Couldn't see anything in the, the works either, though. No, he basically, from what I can gather, he, he'd been on a few sets from time to time in various roles, quite familiar with the uh, the filmmaking process in a broad sense, but was also unashamedly green when it came to this and um, did a hell of a job. Yeah. Uh, so the cast, I was, I'm going to, I think I'm going to have another pun here. All right, here we go. I think this, this whole film rode on Frank Grillo and I thought he's pretty good. <laughs> I just had to put that in, sorry. Not bad. It would be better if you spelt it R-O-A-D. Ooh, gets me either way. Because he rode in the car and on the road. Yeah, drove. did he ride or drive? Don't know. Uh, Still, I thought, yeah, yeah I thought, no, I thought sorry, he was excellent. Excellent. No, nah, he was excellent. This It doesn't really work without him. Man. No. Um, and that's not to say that someone else couldn't have done it. Because I mean, that's the, the thing with this film is, this has been done. This yeah. is not the first film like this. No. Um, I think the dedication to the car and staying inside the car is a cool quirk uh, and something that maybe makes it stand out a little bit from the others. But this concept, and, and I don't think that... It's pretend- a bit like that one with Ryan... Drive. Um, Gosling, right? Yeah, Drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not pretending like it's this brand new, hey, look at this cool plot that no one's ever thought of. It no, it knows it, but yeah. it still Still works. did well with it, yeah. Absolutely. Should we look at some scenes that we liked? Yeah, I'd love to. Actually, you know what? Yeah. Oh, you go first. Okay. Because I feel like I've been going first a lot when it's just two okay. of us. That's and I don't want to eat up. No, no, no you, that's, that's good. All right, well, 
we've a few of the, the things I liked. I think we've we've already touched on yeah. a little bit, so it's tricky because it is tough to talk about scenes in this because you're in the car the whole time, yeah. so it's hard to sort of distinguish scene between scene. True. Um, so I did really like that opening scene where the camera just stayed in that car and you see the car, you know, come out of the garage yeah. park and then you're obviously observing that conversation between the wheelman and the guy in the car. So I, I did like that. And it was nice to have that before. I, I, every now and then I like a film that has a um, pre-credit scene almost where, you know, yeah. then you just get the title card. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like you know what? I think I would like that more if I watched it again at a time when I was still trying to be like, What's I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into this film. Yeah. So it, it, it Took me a little bit to get into that part of it. Part but of if it. I watch it now, I'd be like, ah, yeah. oh, what a cool technique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did like the relationship build between the wheelman and his daughter, Katie. Mm. I just thought that, like you've mentioned as well, like the conversation about her going to the club and him having his weekend with her. I just thought even though until the end, they don't actually physically interact with each other, I, that relationship build over the phone was cool. Yeah. I, I just liked in general his, his ability to juggle his daughter with all this stuff. Mm. I just thought that was fantastic. And I didn't know initially that it was going to end up being such a big family story or even just such mm. a big father daughter story. Cause at the time I was just like, how cool is this? Like this poor bastard, all of a sudden <laughs> he's actually driving for his life and his daughter's having these petty issues. <laughs> True. Um, so that was really cool. I th- I mean, there's a, the scene where the motorbike sort of chasing him. Some of the chase scenes are pretty cool. And then the motorbike chases him and then just hits that park car. Yeah, what? I was thinking like, this is there's a chance that this motorbike's going to hit something. Mm. And then I was like, nah. And then all of a sudden, bang. And I reckon I was like almost like tuned out to the, the idea of it happening. happening. I talked myself out of it. the roads were pretty quiet. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually kind of weird. I'm glad you mentioned that. At times, it felt like it was like 3 a.m. Mm. driving around. But you know that it's earlier because oh, what there's something about because oh, her boyfriend had to be home by nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, um, and then when he's walking down the street with the money, there's tons of people, people out yeah. just having beers and whatnot. Um, so I got a little bit confused with time because sometimes it was really quiet. Got a question about time later on. I'm going to cool. save for our question section. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, the and then again, you, we mentioned this before as well. When Wheelman goes out of the car to get Clay from that club, and the camera just stays in there and. You know, he brings Clay back over to the car and then he's trying to fight off these other people yeah. who are like, I'll oh, leave him alone and he pulls the gun out. I thought that was cool as well. The gun, yeah, the gun sort of helped him out. There, mm. there was this constant focus on the bullet holes. So after he gets shot out the first time, there's these bullet holes in the windshield. And mm. I liked, there was a lot of times where the camera sort of just stayed on these or looked at him through these holes. And to me, it was like, you know, he's got these holes in his life that I, oh, yeah. I was like looking through that side. And I just, I thought, I don't know. That was how I was watching it. So yeah. I, I just thought it was almost like the idea of just like the car stuff. How's his night got to this point? point yeah. Like. Um, and then I, I liked the concluding scene, not when he drops Katie off, but where some cool stunt work with the cars where he reverses in and then the car that's chasing him sort of stops and get ambushed and, the gang just takes him out. So. Yeah, I was the same. I wrote the final chase scene. Chasing, yeah. It was so intense. Mm. And as I said at the start, car stunts don't do much for me, but that was really cool when mm. he reversed in and it was just like... <laughs> I was just like, whoa, very nicely done. But you know what was good about that scene is it wasn't overdrawn. It wasn't mm. like this 10-minute yeah. chase scene through thousands of streets, lots of turns, lost him, found him, mm. where are they, bang. Oh. It, was, it was actually really quick. By the time that he was like... The phone call comes and they're like, where are you? You're not here. And he's like, I'm, I'm bringing him to you. I'm bringing him to you. There was probably like a minute after that that he got there. So, 
always reminds me of those sorts of like stunts where the cars reverse. Always reminds me of those like um, you go to those theme parks yeah. and they do those stunt shows and show you how they do it. Do you remember <laughs> like the old Police Academy show they used to do in Movie World <laughs> in Queensland? <laughs> and they have like the actual engine in the reverse part yeah. of the car and the drives. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? What are some scenes that you liked? Um, you got a couple of them, which is good. Which good. is why I wanted you to go first. I when when he first dropped off the guys at the bank. Yep. Phone rings and says. Um, you're going to get killed. You basically. had to make a choice really quickly. That piqued my interest at the start because yeah. I wasn't sure how this film was going to go. I kind of had a feeling it was going to go in this direction, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be some sort of slow burn where he keeps getting figuring out what's wrong and figuring it out more and more. This was just like, hey, you're going to die, mate. Mm. Make a decision. And that, that piqued my interest nice and early. Um, and again, off the back of that, when his phone call with Clay and Clay said, mate, just go back to Chandler Street. That's when I was like, "Oh, you are you're on your own here, like you're completely like left out on a yeah. limb." So, um, you're right; it is difficult to to pick actual scenes. It is, yeah. But they're kind of just moments within the film that just raised my interest level um, and and really got me into it. And then, as I said, the final chase scene was was That's just pretty schmick. So, all right, anything um, that you weren't a fan of? Well, I didn't I didn't like the scene where Clay shot himself in the head. Um, but I think that was just the whole Clay character letting me down. I was yeah. expecting more of a clever payoff with that. Or it was almost when stick he went around he, a little bit longer. Or? Yeah, well, almost when he killed himself, I was like, "Yeah, well, good. You like, you, you lost me so quickly in you as a character. Just get out of here." What so. about that gentle little push from the wheelman just to get him out <laughs> yeah. of the car? That was pretty gross. <laughs> the camera work on that where it followed, like it sort yeah, of followed. I was watch the body. That was cool too. Because I was th- uh, when he shot himself. I'm like, ooh, like. I wouldn't mind seeing the damage of what you've done to your face there. And they, <laughs> and kinda, they show the, side they show the right side yeah. of the face for so long and then he's kind of slurring a little <laughs> bit and eventually off he goes. <laughs> um, the only other, and this is nitpicking a little bit, is when Katie is freaking out about not being able to drive when he's telling her the instructions. And, and she said, I'm not going to be able to do it. And to me, she was really aware that her dad was basically saying goodbye to her because he thought he was going to die. And her concern was more about Not being able to drive car, yeah. and it kind of resolved itself when she cottoned on and ended up saving the day a little bit. She, did, I did, she did stall once. I yeah, liked I did, she yeah, stall <laughs> and you know what? She had that same poise as her old man and was just like... <sighs> and then back straight bang. into it. Yeah, very good. Very yeah. Good. Um, that was it for me though. All right, well... What about you? Mine was more on dialogue <laughs> and lines, sure. I think. Well, it, if you want to nitpick, that's yeah. what they are. Like. Um, when he picked up the two robbers at the start and then they gave themselves their nicknames like motherfucker and I want my fucking money back. Like I think the other guy said his real name though. Yeah. He said his real did, name yeah, first. first yeah. And Mohawk. Or, and then, I don't know, I was just like, did you really need... I don't know, the conversation just didn't... For the time that we knew those characters, I guess it sort of built towards the wheelman being the guy who's just in it for the job and that was it. Wanted that nothing was else true. To do with it. And he was actually really strong about mm. it too. Like... You get the sense that these two are pretty dangerous dudes. Yeah. And he was just like, mate, don't engage me. I'm not here for that mm. reason. I'm not going to take any shit from you. Um, but you're right. That, that was a bit... And it sort of annoyed me too. Off. Like, you've got he's got that paper bag and they want you to think it's a gun in the paper yeah. bag and it, it was an apple in the end. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I wanted him to eat it. I wanted it when he blew up the car. I wanted him to walk down the street with his apple. That was a missed opportunity from Jeremy Rush. Yeah, death note. Um... <laughs> Oh, yeah. 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 The other one that I've got is uh, when he picks up Clay 
as well. All Clay's complaining about, oh, my dick and balls are cold. Yeah. I was like, that, what's the... That, but this guy, yeah, this guy is a bloody nuffy. Like, I would have preferred like some sort of discussion about like if the wheelman said to him, "Why have you, you know, thrown me under the bus?" Almost, I just that would have, I would have. Because there was reference, there was reference early on where he's like, "We go way back," mm. and you get the impression that they were almost like mates prior mm. to turn to crime. Um, but geez, they got over that pretty quickly. Yeah, like, and if he was such a good mate, like, keep him in the car, try and. Take well, yeah, his that's body to thing. his family, or he learned know. pretty quickly that this guy's just, yeah, it's just a dud. Yeah. All right. Well, what was the film trying to say? What are some themes or something that we've got in this one? Um, I don't love what I have here, so I'd be curious to see what you've got. Probably going to be the same. To well, be honest, I've kind of summed it all up to this idea of the human capacity because I think there's one level of fighting to stay alive and the lengths that you go to to stay alive, and then the family and the lengths that you go to to protect them. So it's all about how much you can push yourself and what level you're going to go to and hence the human capacity to protect and stay alive. Nicely summed up, put together. It's all right. It's good. I had, yeah, the, that sort of fits in with your theme too, doing what you have to do for your family because they reiterated that with the bad guys as well saying, you know, yeah. You helped me out and you're helping my family too. So they sort of tried to pump that up that a little bit. That was a nice little moment, wasn't yeah. it? And he kind of said, you know, if I don't get this money, then yeah. you know, my family's... Yeah. The writing wrongs, I think that Wheelman was trying to write his past. Absolutely. Um, and sort of taking control of his own destiny almost. Like, this is his chance that to, his to ticket. fix things. Yeah, his ticket out. Yeah. Um, the other one I had too was, I don't know if you can call it a theme, but like Cars... And I'm, I'm not a motorhead or mm. don't have a massive interest in cars, but they, especially when he's with his daughter um, towards the end, they keep talking about speed and timing being this this mm. idea with, with cars. Racing especially. Yeah, racing yeah. especially. And it sort of worked out well when Katie goes to help because after she realizes she needs to help her dad, she speeds up and her timing's perfect, which yeah. allows her to save him. So just this sort of message that sort of comes through. Yeah, them, good yeah. call. Yeah. Did you actually, I'm just thinking right now, where did the mum run to? Because he just charged down the stairs. I have that in my questions. <laughs> I just thought about it then. No, no, I, I had that for you too. I was like, so literally, yeah, she picks him up and then he's, and then the, the daughter's like, is mum okay? Yeah, like, yeah she's, she's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, when, she, how did she, she get she to got the a diner? Cab. How did she get to the diner <laughs> yeah. and get away from those guys? I had that as a question. Oh, so, yeah. man, why didn't I think of that at the time? That's bothering me. That's, I've still got lots of questions still, so that's all right. One, one off the ranks, not too bad. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah it okay. frustrated me because I was like, well, like, yeah, how did she get away? Did how she have did her own car? Away? She couldn't have had her own car because she was bought there by those guys, so I don't, I don't let's, know. Let's try and ask Jeremy Rush. We might uh, we'll tag see, him in yeah, our post. Hopefully he's got a, got a Twitter account because we do like your work here, Jeremy. Yeah. All right, well, what did we take away from this film? Well, as I sort of alluded to before, it is the perfect Netflix film. I couldn't see this doing a heap of damage at the box office. No. Um, but with that 82-minute runtime, it's such an easy conversion for streaming. Yep. I just want to punch something out. I've just come home from work. What can I watch? Oh, 82 minutes. And action thriller. Yeah, yep, Don't it. have to think too much, too hard. Yeah. Just watch what happens. It was fast-paced, and I felt like compared to some of the Netflix films, this was cut perfectly. It was, yeah. That 82 minutes didn't, didn't drag on at all. Um, I th- the sound on this would have been good in the, on a on big screen though true yeah the sound would have been awesome yeah. Um, but yeah nice quick short film yeah. like you said as I said I just can't see many people paying to go see this mm. at the, the theatres and, and then it, it'd be hard to advertise too 
it would be hard to market. Who's like, you, who's how you do you put a trailer together for this? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure they have one. True. <laughs> It'll be in our show notes <laughs> from last episode. Um, IMDb, did you use it at all? I did. To check out anyone? To check the three characters that we met. <laughs> yeah. um, the guy who plays Clay. Yep. Garrett Dillahunt. I just recognise him. I think I remember him from the odd episodes of Raising Hope and The Mindy Project that I'd seen. I've not watched a lot of the, either of those shows. Okay. But I've seen enough of them, and he's just crazy familiar, this guy. Like, to the point that it's annoying how familiar he is. And it I'm thinking... doesn't really stand out. Well, it's got to be one of those shows, because I look at him like, oh, yeah, I know you, and I just expect my brain to be like, that's so-and-so that guy, from that. Yep. So it must be one of those shows. And, hmm. Um, I feel like he's kind of funny in... Especially... Oh, both those shows. Yeah. Okay. I yeah I didn't like I recognized Frank Grillo just from the Marvel films from yeah. the Captain America ones and from the Purge films but I yeah. didn't look at who does he play in um, Captain America because I read I, the name but I didn't recognize I'm it. shocking with names yeah I, uh, well there was a name there and I didn't recognize yeah. him as a character I remember seeing his face I've watched so many of those Marvel movies yeah because he's in like three of them so it's like oh I recognize that face yeah. yeah yeah all right questions. Give me some questions, MJ. I want to know what you want to ask me. Well, I, I only have one question. Yes. And it's another plot question similar to the one we just spoke sure. about. So there was, a, there was a point where Clay was on the phone to Wheelman and he kind of just said, just just come to me and I'll, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the yep. changeover. I don't, I don't know why Wheelman didn't let him do that. That was like his out. True. And at the time I was like, do it. And then he just didn't and then got kind of narky with him. Unless it was like a moral compass thing that, that came up because he knew that he was doing a dodgy. And I guess maybe he wouldn't have paid his debt off if Clay followed through with it. Well, I don't think at that point he knew that his debt with the West End was kind of in jeopardy. So if the job just had been done. It would have almost debt, just yeah. been like, I'll do another job, but this one's gone gone bad. Yeah. I'll get out of it. Okay. Um, the, only, the only thing I could think of is that maybe he thought like, I think you're doing a bad thing here Already, and yeah. I'm going to stop you from doing it. Which, yep. you know, that's a bigger man than me. I would have been like, cool, that's my out. Off yeah. you go. <laughs> and he's meant to be a friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I got a couple. You already, right. you already took the one that I had about <laughs> the wife just getting away at the end. You're going to bother me now. Did you like Wheelman not having a name? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's only now where I want to talk about him that it feels weird calling him Wheelman. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, I did like that. Did yeah. you? I thought it was well done, yeah. yeah. And it sort of keeps that anonymity where at the end he can get away with this with True. no one knowing who it was. True. Um, so, yeah, so that was all right. Um, do you think you need, like, can someone, and I guess we can probably talk for this ourselves, you don't really need to be into cars like this film. No, you certainly don't because I'm not. Yeah. When I saw the title of this film, when I saw the poster of this film and when I read the synopsis of this film, I was like, nah, I'm not going to like this. Mm. Um but, you know, the difference is if you do like cars, you probably get a big kick out of it. Yeah, you probably recognize the models and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because they, they had a big focus on that BMW logo at yeah, one stage sure. and that sort of stuff, yeah. But, but there was some really, like, I think Jeremy Rush did a good job of focusing on some of the cool, I don't know, even like gear changes. And, yeah. And there, were, there were some cool shots in that sense. Very uh, Baby Driver, some of those shots. Yeah. Baby Driver's cool. Baby Driver is a very good film too. Um, but yeah, if you like cars, I think it might give you a little kick. It's not going to be the reason you like the film. Hmm. But if you don't like cars, it's not a barrier. True, true. Um, the bank. They robbed the bank. Why mm. was the bank open so late at night? Yeah, and that seemed really easy, didn't it? It's like pitch black and the bank's open. Goodness, yeah. I, I glossed over that too. Yeah, that, that annoyed me a little bit. 
because usually banks are banks are the first to close. If you want to get there quickly after work, you got no chance. That's very true. <laughs> no yeah. chance. Yeah, because it's ah. Uh, but what time? Like it's pretty dark unless the sun goes down and yeah, about two he, in the afternoon. He called the daughter and said got he's got to leave by nine. So I reckon it's got to be at least two hours before then. So it might be still yeah, still a bit late. For a bank. <laughs> well, right. Maybe they do it differently. It's New York, yeah. Yeah. Boston. Uh, no, Boston. Oh, Boston. Yeah. Anyway, maybe they do it differently in the States. Maybe. Is Wheelman a hero? Um, I think he definitely is. I think... Well, I guess it's, it's a tricky it's question. Funny it's funny because really it's, in the, it's in the context of like... The film? <laughs> no, like mafia type sort of mm. stuff. So at the end of the day, Wheelman got people killed. Mm. Um, but they were from a different gang, so it was okay. Yeah, but the other gang's still alive and doing all right, so... They're not going to come back to him at any stage and say, hey, come work for us. I don't know. It's an interesting idea because, yeah. Yeah. He's, we're, like, were you rooting for him in this film? Did you want him to succeed? 100%. Okay. So, usually, um, you, if you're going to identify with someone, you, you think they've got these good qualities somewhere. So, you think he's a good guy. But, yeah. But, you, you're, but is, like, who's he a hero to? Yeah. You're creating this world where... He's got his daughter involved the in The lesser of two evils, isn't it? Yeah. His daughter's a runaway driver to a murder. Like... I don't know. I was just things could have been a lot worse. <laughs> but you sit there and go, "What a great result!" And you yeah. go, "Ooh, let's break this down into reality." Yeah. But it, it, when you're watching the film, you don't think you're just like, "Oh yeah." It's and Will, and Willman shot a dude. Hmm. Mm. And shot and killed a guy. Sure did. Yeah. Um, there was a, one last thing that I just wanted to ask. There was this, there was a, towards the end where he goes to the boot or the trunk and opens it up, and to me, it was like I thought the money was gone. There's like I had this glimmer that I was like, oh, the money's actually gone. Okay. But, and then obviously it was there the next scene. So he opened the boot and I don't know why. There was a scene there towards the end that he opened the boot and I have no idea why. I just did my head in. Oh, because he pulled the tracker out. Okay. Is that what you're thinking of? That's probably it. Yeah, because yeah, it was when that, just after he shot yep. that guy, he pulls the tracker out because he's thinking yep. like, how the hell okay, do they always know sense. where I am? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I, I thought of a question whilst you were asking me Good. questions. <laughs> this is probably more a general question for these sorts of films and then what the difference between that and reality is is this was quite a big scene where they killed the guy at the end there's cars everywhere there's smoke everywhere and the police sirens were really close <laughs> sirens were there the whole time yeah the helicopters they were there the whole time so no one seemed to be in a rush to get out of that scene like there were like six or seven cars from the West End guys they just murdered, murdered a couple of people <laughs> and I felt like it was imminent that the cops were going to get there. But is there just this gang thing where the cops kind of just turn a blind eye and go, you guys are sorting yourselves out. We're going to well, leave. Well, they're too busy cleaning up all the other crimes that have happened along the way. <laughs> True. I, just, I remember thinking like, oh crap, the cops are coming. Hurry up. I'm like, oh, no one's no hurrying one up. No. Yeah. And that last scene where he's sitting there watching his daughter go into the diner, the yeah. sirens are going then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's fine by then. He's fine. He's in a new car. Yeah, true. All right, well, I think we're almost ready to wrap this up. That's a good question, though. That was a good one. All right, let's wrap this up. A couple of so. plot holes there, but we'll let them go. <laughs> this is where we uh, have a discussion about what we give this film out of five and then average it out between the two of us for a flicks forum average. MJ, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, without blowing my socks off, I thought Wheelman did a lot right. It kept the heart rate high, it committed to a really cool filming technique, and it kept it intense and punchy. I didn't go into it expecting it to be my cup of tea, but was pleasantly surprised. Three stars. It's a good three. 
Awesome. So yeah, I, I agree. I think this was really well made, especially for it being 98% in a car. And I really liked it at the start where you're like, oh, this film was 98% in a car. I'm like, oh, I'm going to say the yeah. same thing later on. Um, apart from that one scene. So credit where credit's due. I thought it was a fun, thrilling ride and um, I was along for it. So I also gave it a three out of five. We are, we're being very similar lately. Hey, well, the last few films have been a bit too holding hands and dancing yeah. by the campfire. I'm going to try and just... What's happened? Because we, we had a whole bunch of films. We, we did have ordinary. a few. We did have it's, a few. It's nice to have a couple that are, <laughs> that are okay to watch. You don't have to try and convince you that you're wrong. No, it's good. Well, maybe next week. So, social media, we... Next week, tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Tomorrow, bloody hell. Chris Podmus. All right, so we have social media. We are on social media with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flix Forum. Search us, tag us, whatever you want to do. Chuck a question up. Tag us, that'd be fun. Just tag us, us. you just can. If you do the little at thing and then write Flix, yeah, and it works. Put us in your status. So... I promise I'm not being lazy here, but I'm repeating the question from yesterday from 1922. That's oh, true. So the question from yesterday was... I can't remember it. <laughs> it was literally yesterday. In the end, we all get caught. Did Wilman get caught? Oh, that is lazy. <laughs> that wasn't lazy. I, I was like, this is... That was that was the, the, the final quote from the film from 1922. I was like, I can do that again. Well... Will Wilman get caught for these will crimes? Will he get caught? Nothing you deserve. No, I don't you think, kill people. I don't think you do in this world. That's, that's the point where the cops didn't come because yeah. the, the gangs run the town. <laughs> Wilman's got a clean sheet now. Yeah. He's not part of it. His family's happy. He just needs to get a nice steady job. I promise it's uh, it's not that we're doing questions daily, but I just thought I could reuse that one. No, nah, it is it is semi-relevant. Very different ending to 1922 <laughs> Very where they basically say, it will catch up to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it should catch up to him. All right, I don't get the vibe it will. So that is going to be on social media today. Please make sure that um, if you can subscribe, give us a good rating on any of your podcasts. Tell your friends. It's Christmas. Make it your Christmas present to your friend this year. Can be tell them about Flix Forum doing Podmas. Yeah. And it's not going to break the bank. That's a great present. Cheap. So tomorrow we're back again. If you want me to send a personalized voice message to your friend, partner, other spouse as a Christmas present, Please inquire within. Well, you've only got, only got a couple of days, so we might have to oh. cut it off by, I reckon, what, day 20? Give them th- two weeks? If you get to me by December 23. Ooh. Oh, actually. I reckon that's, I reckon 20. We've got to cut it off. All right. 20, two weeks. Good. 21. In the next two weeks, if you hit us up on social media, MJ will give you a personalized <laughs> Christmas audio message. It's a shocking present. <laughs> if someone said, hey, I got it. You've thrown me here. All right. So I'll, tomorrow. I'll give your wife. Do- <laughs> I might put in a couple of requests from my family. You're going to be a busy man. Tomorrow, we are discussing the 2017 Brazilian Western film. Oh, okay. So this film is in Portuguese. Okay. It is called The Killer. It's directed by Marcelo Galvao, and it stars Diego Morgado, Nil Marcondes, Dito Montenegro, Maria de Medos, and Itina Chicot. So Brazilian Western. Brazilian Western film. Have you seen it before? I haven't, and I'm intrigued to check this one out. Uh, intrigued is a great word for it. Mm. So that should be a good, fun chat tomorrow. Is it just going to be like a normal Western, but in Portuguese? I don't know. We're going to find out very soon. Is Brazilians, like, is their definition of a Western completely different to our ideas of a Western? This will be a good chat. Know, it'll be a good chat. So we're back tomorrow. Thanks for wow. seeing me now seven days in a row. Seven days. It's a week. It's, it's a, a week. week of Jesse and MJ. And we'll see you tomorrow again. I guess. See you then. (laughs)